This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We watched Godspell. And we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Yeah, I'm a kid the air, bro. Consider the source. Hey. God, consider the source. I love to beat everything. I need that noodle thing left. Wanna get in the bathtub? Consider the source. I'm a fan of my mom. It's just soup. It's Representation. We, 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 those tireless men and women who represent us truly, our desires, our dreams, our individual strengths, and our ethical beliefs, to them, we owe a great deal. Thank you, Francis McDormand. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Inclusion Writer. <laughs> I'm Inclusion Rotor. Uh, we're here to have some good Christian fun. That was, of course, Francis McDee giving her acceptance speech at the SAG Awards circa 2018 for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, a movie yeah. that haunts us to this day, the power of it, <laughs> unparalleled. Yeah. yeah. Yet another one of those movies where I walked out, I was like, I'm a better person for seeing that. And then everyone I respect was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> I hate it. It sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I walked out of that no, movie thinking, like wow, art does matter. And then all my friends said, oh, <laughs> not this art. But we're here to talk about our art that matters the most. Art that matters ultimately. Good Christian Fun is the podcast about Christian pop culture and the music and the movies and the entertainment made for and made by and sometimes made about Christian folk. We're not here to make fun of you, the guest, or you, the listener. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about you. We're just, we're, and we're not here to make you go to church either, especially right now. They're all opening up all over the place and waves and droves. Scary. The churches I thought would never open up again are opening up. And yet, freaking UCB Sunset remains shuttered for some reason, which and that was my that church. Fair? What's that? And how is like, what is our priority as a country, you know, when when church is closed? And by church, I mean the UCB theater. <laughs> I don't know. I, I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> UCB sunset. Uh, sh- uh, I think I went to the opening of that uh, in 2014. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. You went to the opening gala? There was a gala. Was I there rem- a swag bag? No, but I remember one white performer using the N-word during a bit. That was interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hey, you know, that's that's 24. 24- no, 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 no. <laughs> Our guest was to make sure it wasn't them. 2014, as Chris Harrison said about antebellum parties, 2018 was a different time. A different time. And 2014 was a different time. We didn't know. We didn't, we didn't have food. We didn't have heat and water. We didn't have electricity. We didn't have a resource like Wikipedia. How could we have known? <laughs> There were no books on the topic. There was but we know now, and we have, you know, in our little homes and domiciles now, we have all the resources we could ever want, including streaming services and including places in which you can rent the film 
Godspell. Godspell, the film based on the Broadway, the off-Broadway, actually, musical, Godspell. Mm-hmm. Music mm-hmm. and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz. Caroline, yes. how are you today? What are the vibes? The I vibes think, are good. I what? think you have a, a, a little reason for your vibes to be good, don't you? Oh, my you? gosh, yes. My vibes are extremely, um, well, sterile, depending on who you asked, uh, right. because I did get vaccinated this week. Woo-woo. She did. She did. Uh, um, and and if uh, for the guests, if Caroline's uh, picture looks a little janky right now, it's because she destroyed her MacBook immediately and got a Microsoft Surface <laughs> tablet. She just Actually, felt compelled. Kevin, you're wrong. I don't have a computer at all because of the microchip planted in my arm. Oh, now I know everything. Like, the internet's just right in there, so it's all good. That rules. <laughs> well, you know what? I I want to get our our guest in to talk about all this stuff as soon as possible. So yes. I think it's time that we. Prepare ye the way of our guests. (laughs) Kevin, this is pretty good. Prepare ye the way (laughs) of our guests. Okay, friends and folks. Who will call him king of podcast kings from Freedom, from Stay of Pumpkins, and of course from Frasier. Today, the F stands for faith. <laughs> Give it the hell up for Paul, Paul F. Tompkins. Ah, oh, guess me pumped, man. Oh, my guess me God. We did it, Joe. We did Kevin, it. Kevin, can I say that I yes, loved sir. you waving through the slow tempo of the song that mm-hmm. you were in control of. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Could I have sped it up in Logic Pro X like by like 20 to 30 BPM? I could have. I didn't. That's on me. That's on old KTP. That's, that's your choice. There's nothing Welcome. To, there's nothing to do about that. Paul. Guys, thanks well, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very Welcome excited. Welcome to the vlog. May, may I say? May I say? Yeah. I feel blessed to be here. Oh, yeah. And you're too blessed to be, oh. you know, at all stressed right now, right? Ah, could be could be a little more blessed. <laughs> okay. Because stress That's is fair. something I'm definitely feeling. That's fair. Well, Paul, okay. I actually, before we get into your whole thing, whatever you want to talk about, um, <laughs> I wanted to share a moment with y'all right now, with both of you, with oh my, my good, pl- close personal friend and partner in crime, Paul of Tompkins and my acquaintance, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to make an announcement today that GCF, as far as I know, is the first fully vaccinated podcast. No! Oh that, wow. Wait, how did you get it? I now the accusations begin. Yeah, I, yeah. Wait, so Kevin, what did you get? Elbow aside, get in there. I saw a granny, some people of color, yeah. grocery store workers, and I said, "Out of the way, doctors!" And I bulldozed to get up there. So you know, and this is coming out in a few weeks. So you know, mm. uh, who knows what's changed since then? But I will say. You know, unfortunately or not, in retrospect, this is going to look like a scheme of mine. <laughs> but did you know that having a cottage bakery license and a food handler's card does qualify oh, for the food tier? Are you kidding me? The cookies got you in? The cookies. The cooks. It Kevin was Kevin Bacon, Bacon a all along. charity that has somehow parlayed <laughs> into something. It's not now, what Kevin, I planned for. This 
that's also interesting to me because I think a week or two ago when I did ask you if you had a food handler's card or any sort of training in the kitchen. Hey, hey, you whoa, said, whoa, whoa, what this was that? might be an off mic conversation. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul, I believe you did eat those cookies from I, Kevin I or, and did. you felt unwell. So right? you're complicit. I, it's funny. I feel unwell now knowing that he did not have such a card at the time unwell. I was eating those cookies. I, by the way, I, I wolf those cookies down. Oh, Yay, good. I know. Good. I left a good deal on them at y'all's place. Yeah, you did. They were delicious. Excuse me. I, I risked my life by leaving a good deal of them at y'all's place. <laughs> I'm a frontline hero. And that's, that's right. why it's Save okay. the community. I made Kevin come inside, take off his mask. <laughs> and I said, my, M -M Mr. Tompkins, I don't want to. My wife and I were having a raspberry contest. We were just going... <laughs> <laughs> Around the house in a very small space, and you guys were like car wash, and you yeah, make Kevin <laughs> hey guys, very who's afraid of Virginia Wolf, real quick. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It, no, it, Kevin was there for hours. It spiraled we out of control. I we left were at 5 drunk. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kevin, I'm so excited. That's amazing. I'm actually truly like. I'm chuffed. I I know, and it's one of those things. Hopefully, like all the the vaccine FOMO and all the confusion and all this stuff will go away. But for the time being, I do want to lord it over any um, podcasting duo out there that is uh, half vaccinated or not fully vaccinated yet. Doughboys not vaccinated. Hollywood Handbook not vaccinated. Not vaccinated. Pod F Homekins. Stay F Homekins. Stay F Homekins. Jesus wow. not Christ. Vaccinated. Oh, not vaccinated. <laughs> we yeah. do have. We do have uh, an appointment coming up, which we're going to keep until we're told that it's not valid anymore, oh. <laughs> which is okay. which I'm sure is what will happen. Um, we've been trying to do this. We've been trying to get a vaccine and we've been trying to do it as responsibly and ethically as possible, mm -hmm. which means that a lot of times you'll get a link and then you'll find out that that link is not for you. And they're like, well, we can't do that. Yeah. Um, so now we have one that seems to be letting us do it like we're we're not fudging any answers on the, the right. questionnaire it's like okay. no that's our thing it's right there okay so we'll see what happens but we had we know other people who have done exactly that same thing with some other fucking link and then they got turned away or they weren't on the list or whatever so oh, i don't God. know i don't know what's gonna happen we'll see terrifying yeah it's, but i think for anybody who's like going to get their vaccine however they need i'm like I'm I'm like power to you, you know. I, I know. Yeah. Look, the, what what they really have made us. I can't believe that they have handled this so badly and made us turn on each other for it. Mm -hmm. Like it's totally their fault. It's the state's fault. It's the government's fault. It yeah. is not our fault. No, <laughs> absolutely not our fault. But they made it into like, hey, you should really be shaming people if they uh, if they get a vaccine and they're not, you know, one of these three categories or whatever. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, there's not everybody's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a mess. It's, it's a gonna mess. be. There one are, of, those of course, things. there are people who are line cutters, and it's disgusting. But you know, there's. It's, hey, why are you it's pointing at me, mess. Paul? Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> no, no, I'm pointing behind you. Oh, I see. Okay. It's hard to yeah. tell over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm pointing behind you <laughs> to my virtual background. Um, yeah, I know. Well, I it's hope one, that works out. It's one of those things. Like in a year from now, there's gonna be some horrifying long read where they interview all the vaccine workers, <laughs> where they're like, "Yeah, we were throwing out thousands a day. It sucked yeah. because of the." Exactly. Duration process, yeah, and so yes, I yes, uh, and of course now I'm like, well, I shame no one for getting it, however they do, <laughs> but I, I hope you and Janie get vaccinated ASAP because podcasters, as our mayor, Mr. Garcetti, did say a couple months ago, they are essential workers, and you're doing essential work by keeping <laughs> people right. company. 
That's, That's right. right. Absolutely. That's right. We're so. an informational journalistic podcast. We're doing the work. Sure. <laughs> we, are. we are too. We're doing a service. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a good news day for me though. It was like going to, <laughs> going to the vaccine uh, place. It took 30 minutes. Oh, On the nice. way there, I'm going to have That's to bleep great. this out, Caroline, but oh, I'm going to say this. On the way there, I got an email saying <laughs> that you... So anyway, I, I bleeped all that out. It strikes me, Paul, that you now host two shows regularly in which there are no guests and how stress-free that must be. Man, you know what? I didn't think about it for the longest time. And then somebody was talking about booking guests for a podcast and I remembered like, oh, that's right. It's horrible. Like you have to, <laughs> it's, it's a pain in the ass. And it's, it's, I, I, I didn't realize how, how great people had it that were just doing conversational podcasts with no guests until it happened to me. Oh yeah. And I'm gosh. here to tell you it's fucking great. It's awesome. Yeah. And now here's where I must apologize mm -hmm. for contributing to this issue because- <laughs> When this podcast debuted, and I think it had been it had been maybe running for a month or something, I emailed Kevin and I said, "Who are you not to have me on your podcast?" No, you said was, it, I, I will quote. It was a DM, and you said, "Who the fuck do you think you are to not have me on your podcast?" Oh, Paul, I, we've talked about it. Yeah, like, I at that point enough of your like closer friends, like Lavkis had been on in right, Orego right. or whatever, and so yeah, I think uh, it felt exclusionary at that point. Yeah, we didn't. Wanna, but then yeah. again, Kevin was like, "Absolutely, we'd love to have you on." And then it was literal years before. <laughs> Before here I am. It was a couple months before the pandemic, I think. I think that was like, yeah. Oh, like wow. Fall was it really? 2019. Yeah. That's my Ugh. memory. It could be faulty, but I'm not going to check receipts. Paul, you could go back to those old episodes and you would have been like, this is a wasteland of, of joy, you know, and this is, <laughs> you came at the right time. Now we're good. Now we're healthier than ever. Yeah. We're funnier than ever. This is our year. Like, you know, those shows, you know, those podcasts as, as the years go on and they're like in year five and it's like, this is funnier than it's ever been. The passion yeah. is definitely still here. They're not yep. just going through the motions with whoever guests that they've booked for they're the fifth time checks. in a row. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not just cashing checks. They are alive and in their element doing the show that's us right that's now us. our that's prime came, years came when the when the time was right when when god uh when providence designed it you know that's when you came mm. can i tell you a secret yeah mm -hmm. that's why i waited <laughs> you're oh waiting for a word from from above i knew i knew this was i i you think i don't understand podcast trajectories of course i do <laughs> And I was like, I'll plant the seed now because they're too shy to ask me, of course. And the and seed then... grew in fertile soil. Oh, my exactly. God. Wow, that's beautiful. Kevin, you thought I was like the fig tree that our Lord was mad at yeah. and cursed it to never bear fruit again. I thought you were oh, sort of the fig tree that would ghost on Twitter sometimes. And <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, that wasn't the case. But I should never communicate with anyone via DM because I forget that that's there. And I... I Right? Especially if I instigate a conversation and then it just disappears. And it does like disappear I, on most apps. Yeah. I, I really like. just forget that it's there and that, mm -hmm. that I try to, I, I always try to give people my email address immediately. Like, please do, please. <laughs> this will, this will get you still a slow response, but it will get you <laughs> a response eventually. Yeah. Even if it's, I'm sorry, I never responded to you. 
Old Faithful. I Which know. you might not. Old Faithful. And exactly. We're, we're figuring out our new rhythms of communication in 2021. And we definitely don't have any anxiety about having to re-enter the normal world anytime soon. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stay. I think I'm stay gonna stay back. with quarantine protocols for the rest of my life. <laughs> Pivot to I'm, Twitch. I'm like bench me, coach. Like yes, I'm good here. This is where bench I me. Oh, I love I got that John Fogarty song. <laughs> bench me, coach. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't want to play. Love the bench. Bench warm. Uh, but we're here to play with you, Paul. Paul, you are blessed. You are loved. You are welcome here. What is your history with faith and religion? I know you got a little bit. Yes, I was raised Catholic, and I went to Catholic school for um, for twelve years. So, oh, wow. uh, Catholicism was very much a part of my, and I was devout, and it was a part of my life until I moved out of the house, pretty much, and then wow. it was a gradual. Um, a gradual uh, eroding of my faith, I would say, as I as I learned about different systems of belief and stuff like that. Um, but the the I would say that probably after I graduated high school, mm, there's probably like a good five years after that that I still consider myself a Catholic. I did not go to church because that was that was a a, a, a doctrine I did not agree with. <laughs> Well, attendance, the doctrine attendance, of attendance. Yes. Oh. I did not believe. I did not believe that mandatory every week attendance of church. Uh, it did not make any. It never made any sense to me. Even when I was at my most devout, I was like, <laughs> "Really, every week? Yeah. <laughs> you do it biweekly every um, other? And now you but, would kill to go somewhere every week. <laughs> that's, that's the irony of it. And isn't it interesting how the Lord teaches us a little lesson? I know, I know, and this—I I, believe me—I took this personally, um, and I—I I apologize to everyone else that this was definitely a lesson that God was teaching me yeah. about what I was what I was going to miss. Um, but yeah, I really—I um, was taught by uh, uh, nuns and lay teachers, and um, you know, I was in the church choir, uh, and I really was—I um, definitely had a relationship with. God. Like I, mm. I prayed every night. I would frequently talk to God and just try to just try to figure things out. And I really leaned on the idea that not so much that there was a plan for everything, but that God understood everything. And mm. so when I was having a tough time, my reaction was sort of like, I I guess I trust that you understand that this is happening to me and that, you know, you, you, you're looking out for me and, you know, you, it's sort of like, I guess you, I'm, I'm trusting that you know that I'm hurting or that I'm scared or that I'm confused or whatever. And there, I, I can still feel the, the, the comfort of that, you know, Mm -hmm. of, of having that unseen force to communicate with and knowing that, there was someone that cared like there was at, at, at my lowest moments when I was a kid, when I was the most scared or the most sad, you know, I grew up in a, in a tumultuous, somewhat tumultuous household, but my parents had a bad marriage. There was a lot of yelling in my house. And, you know, my mother was, who was the, the vocal one in the, in the marriage. My dad was like very remote, very quiet. I knew that my mother was very unhappy and I absolutely internalized that as you know, this is a big part of this is me being here, <laughs> you know, and being being a burden and, you know, whatever. And at in times like that, um, God was was extremely important in my life. 
it was an extremely important factor in my life. And, you know, I believed everything that I was told at school and um, there was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of shame. I was getting into school at the uh, just after Vatican II. So it was the tail end of nuns hitting kids with rulers and shit like that, you know. <laughs> okay. And I remember the la- the only time I ever saw that was in first grade. I had a, uh, a teacher. Her name was Sister Helen Daly. And there were uh, students that she would uh, like ritually um, swat with a yardstick in front of the class. Like they had to go up and bend over and everything. Coincidentally... Those students were all black. Isn't oh. that interesting? Oh. Where is this geographically? Uh, this is in Philadelphia. This or? is in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, in a, in a in a neighborhood called Mount Airy. Okay. Wait, when you say Vatican II, it was like the church said, "Hey, we don't do hitting in school anymore." Or was they were it like yes, that was the Catholic. Thing. Oh, that okay. was the Catholic Church trying to be modern and saying, um, <laughs> <laughs> "Super modern, we're, we're super modern. We're gonna we're gonna do mass in English. <laughs> we're gonna speed ahead of the culture right now." <laughs> hey, it's the twentieth century. Um, oh my God! Yeah, it was. It was really Scary. they were they were they were trying to. Um, you know, they were, they were trying to come into the 20th century, really. And this is in the late 60s, early 70s. And so there were still some at the when I was a little kid like that, there were still some hardliners, I think, who uh, who you could like we there was a mean. You'll pry this school. yardstick out of my cold yeah. dead hands. 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah, there was the NYA, 100%. the National Yardstick Association. They were big lobbyists <laughs> in Vatican too. Uh, <laughs> and look, do you see how many yardsticks do you see around? You know what I mean? So if everybody had a yardstick, you wouldn't get hit with the yardstick. It, exactly. <laughs> Give it, all teachers yardsticks. The only thing that can stop a racist nun with a yardstick is a small <laughs> a small child with a <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, grade school was, um, you know, definitely a time of, you know, I, I did First Holy Communion. I did confirmation um, and I didn't it, there was not an understanding there, although I did pray. I didn't really have a I couldn't wrap my mind around uh, uh, a lot of it. Um, and then when I got into high school, that's when I started to really get um very philosophical about it was still very much a Catholic, but there were teachers at high school and I had these religion classes where they were making God make sense in a way that they were not doing in grade school. Grade school. It's just like, here's what the deal is the end, except I will say shout out to my eighth grade teacher who played uh, the uh, cast recording of uh, Jesus Christ superstar in class. And we had discussions about, um, about the nature of God and religion and everything. And I don't, like to this day, I don't know if she was, she wasn't exactly reinforcing things. You know what I mean? She was sort of letting us talk about it and she was not, she was not giving us any conclusions of her own. It was totally us talking about it and she uh-huh. just like let that happen. Right. You know what I mean? Which I she thought was. She wasn't trying to give like a pat answer for this. No, 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 no. And she yeah. wasn't trying, she wasn't really trying to interpret that material for us. She was giving, she was like helping us along as much as you need to help out eighth graders, you know. But she wasn't like, she wasn't presenting it like this is the word, you know. She was saying mm-hmm. these, these are, I, I don't know. It was, it was, it was timed really well when I think about it that as we are getting ready to leave, um, a time of childhood and, and go into a time of transition towards adulthood that she was kind of arming us with um, 
some some stuff to think about and some some more some slightly more grown up ideas about God and Christ and religion and everything. So then when I got into high school, I, I that I almost became militant because there were kids that were going there that were clearly not they didn't give a shit and it didn't mean anything to them. And this, it shocked me. It was, I, (laughs) I, I could not believe it. Like there were, there were, there were guys, there were kids having sex in my high school. No. Yes. Yes. And of course I understand you have to cut this part out, but another thing to believe. Yeah. And it was, I was for me, (laughs) not only was this a matter of faith, it was also a matter of, tremendous fear and so i could not (laughs) i i i I definitely retreated into um the uh uh the 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 shield of my of my faith um because i couldn't that that stuff i couldn't even think about like the idea of of having sex was impossible to me like i was terrified i was terrified uh but i was i was a real straight edge kid i was um, you know, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, certainly didn't have sex, but I was horny as hell. Um, and I was, Welcome I, to good Christian I was, fun. <laughs> and I was a, cl- <laughs> exactly. And I was a class clown. I was, I was, uh, a real, that was the beginnings of my comedy career was, was, um, I, I a comedian did a, that never went blue. Oh yes, <laughs> and isn't it exactly, funny when they don't use the swears? Exactly right. They don't need isn't to say so that funny. gross stuff. You don't they need don't it to need be funny. To do that to be funny. No. Come on, as my mom would say <laughs> whenever we would watch anything with any sort of profanity in it. Well, why do they have to say that? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why my mom was the same way. My mom loved the movie Midnight Run, and mm-hmm. she, to her, almost to her dying day, she was she was on the search for a clean TV version edit of Midnight Run. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. She didn't want she didn't want to tape it off the TV. She wanted like a pristine copy with none of the curse words in it because she loved that movie so much. Now, Paul, this might have been a little after your mom's time, but there were I remember growing up these black boxes sold by religious companies, sometimes Christian, sometimes Mormon, where yeah. they would do those edits of the movie. Yeah. For whatever the movie, it was like a little fee that you paid yeah. until they were like shut down, right? For like copyright, probably for blatant piracy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just piracy. Yeah. There's no yeah. way around that. Yeah, like we just made a copy of your movie. <laughs> <laughs> took out all the took out all the bad parts. Oh no, we're profiting off of it, but it's for a good reason. <laughs> so the the king of clean just cleaning up in high king school. Of clean, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, I what did what I, I'm trying to think like. With Catholicism, there's a ton of holy days of obligation. So there was a lot of a lot of masses and a lot of masses in school, which I didn't mind so much. I kind of liked going to mass at school um, because you're there with your friends and everything. And it's Mm -hmm. it's it's also it's I mean, it's it's really the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's it's taking time away from regular school to do something that's extremely passive other than the. The things that are all you like muscle memory, the the, the call and response, and the standing, seal, uh, sitting and kneeling. But yeah, I I absolutely was uh, was super devout, and and I would say that having girlfriends after high school who were perhaps more worldly than I was. I had a, I had a, I had a relationship with a with a woman who was older than me. She was twenty four and I was eighteen. And we dated for a year and did not have sexual intercourse because I was I and I told her it was because I of my faith. And she for some reason went along with it. 
Wait, I really I, want to know how you communicated that for a friend of mine. Uh, but I do. I I want to understand, like, because especially at that age, I feel like sometimes yeah. uh, boundaries are not well or gently received at that very yeah. formative, fragile time. And she Absolutely. received them. It sounds like she received them. She was a little bit older than me, and but I mean, I when I think back, I'm like, what was in this relationship for her? Who? <laughs> Who was dating 18-year-old Clean laughs. (laughs) At the end of the day, she came home to the king of clean of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's 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 better than any sex. Uh, Well, Paul, on that topic, I was going to ask you, because I went to Christian school, you know, from third grade all the way through high school as well and have a lot of Mm -hmm. similarities. I was totally bought in. I loved it. You know, chapel was cool. Um but they also taught us like apologetics at one point where it was like, here's how to prove to people that God is real, you know? And like, it's oh. very arrogant and condescending and very yeah. intense. But yeah, but I was like, oh, I need to memorize all of this so I can clearly convert many. Um, and I was going to ask you like, what were your, your like, you know, what do I want to call them? Your big issues, you know, that you were like, I oh, like I the tent this. poles of his talking points. As yes, far as yeah. I mean, <laughs> capital A abortion. That was the <laughs> oh, big thing. Yeah. That was so huge. We used to do candlelight vigils outside of clinics and stuff like that. Man. Hospitals. I yeah. there were. Um, you could buy before the socialists appropriated it. You could buy a little rose, a sticker, like a a a, a knitted uh of uh sticker. Of what am I? It's like embroidered sticker. Yeah, embroidered. Thank thing. you. I could yeah. not think of the word embroidered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a pro life rose, and that was to let people know that you were pro life. Oh, I didn't um, know about. And that. I had I had arguments with people about abortion all the time. Oh, you know, uh, that that was definitely the thing. No sex before marriage. Um, like to me, it was a beautiful idea that mm-hmm. you're saving yourself until uh, your wedding day. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, did you? Yeah, not? I th- <laughs> what? Can we? Yeah. How, okay. How do? Can I? I'm just gonna clap for it. Yeah. Edit point. Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> yes. Okay. I did. Thanks. Okay. Good. I wore I wore white to my wedding. We were gonna have that's beautiful. <laughs> oh my god! My my wife and I wore matching white gowns. We were so proud. Your mommy and daddy walking you down you the aisle. That's right. <laughs> mommy and daddy. <laughs> Child swap between two dads. <laughs> there was not there was not a lot of uh, um entertainment in the Catholic way of things. I will say that I, I was in the choir. I loved, there were certain hymns that I loved and love to this day. Oh, yeah. Like I love the really old ancient stuff. I think is great. I hated when we had to sing like sort of seventies guitar massy songs. I hated them. Eagles wings. I could not stand. Mm. I love, I love that old time religion, man. I loved old Christmas carols that mentioned Satan. I love yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I'm remembering that along with, um, with I'm, I'm trying to remember, this might have been in seventh grade, maybe the, maybe seventh grade, when I was taught by a nun. We watched this show called Insight. We watched a couple episodes of the show called Insight, which was a sort of Catholic Twilight Zone, where the, it was an anthology show oh, where they would have guest stars and they would have a different story each time and it would have a message about huh. uh, God. And the 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 two that I remember, one I only remember 
very dimly was Bob Newhart was in it. It was a very famous Catholic. Um, and he played some sad sack who got, I think, punched in the eye twice. And I remember him having two black eyes. <laughs> 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 and there was another one that had Carol O'Connor in it. And a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, early seventies that guys were in this. Oh yeah, I'm um, looking at this stacked cast. It's Ed it's Asner, wi- Carol Burnett, wild. Bob Hastings, Jack Klugman. Good grief, yeah. Nichelle Nichols from Star, Star Trek. No, yeah, the many star. This one that I'm about to talk about had two Star Trek people in it. Uh, the guy who played uh, Mark Leonard, who played Sarek, Spock's father, and um, Deanna Mulder, who played the Doctor during that second season of TNG when they fired. Uh, Gates McFadden before they hired her back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one was called The Day That God Died. And the premise was, it opens with a newscaster <laughs> who is saying, we've just gotten word that God has officially been declared dead. And then the they, news framing device, by yeah, the way, has been used best. in every goddamn Christian play, movie, it's, everything oh, I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like the laziest expository device <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, maybe the that news. is why it's used all the time. We're or like just channel changing, rep- you know, yeah. <laughs> a lot things. Of uh-huh. changing. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So then they have a they have a fake funeral for God or a token funeral for God. This there is he is. <gasps> we have just received word from News Central that the official news pronouncement Central. Of the <laughs> God is dead. <gasps> Man. The pronouncement was issued simultaneously from the major capitals of the world. Washington, London, Paris, Moscow, Buenos Aires, Peking, and Tokyo. Awesome. This is the end of this accent. The last person who spoke this way is died. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Oh, man. Right. So, then, so then they talk about, you know, there's like an intellectual discussion among these five people about whether or not God ever existed in the first place. It goes on. <laughs> it goes on for so It's only a half hour. And it feels like forever because it's like this is a very thin premise. Um, and then at the end, they they hear a uh, uh, they're at the at the wake, you know, at somebody's house having drinks and discussing God. And then they hear the bells from the chapel ring. And they're like, well, nobody's supposed to be there. And they go over there and the casket is open. And they're like, what? Who did that? And so they one by one, they go and look in the casket and what they see in there themselves. Well, they're gone. Yeah. What? Except for the last <laughs> guy, died. the last guy who was the only person who believed in God. When he looks, the casket is empty because mm. God is not dead for him. Okay. But That's the beautiful. best is the one, the one guy who was the most insufferable, uh, smug intellectual of the group. When he looks in and sees himself, he's all covered with sores. Oh my god! (laughs) Everyone else, everyone else, just lying there. He's got like just sores all over his face. Gracious, yeah. Well, when you become too smart, you get yeah, you get ugly. Yeah, exactly. This is what you really look like. It opens with a Catholic priest who is telling you who's the Rod Serling of this show. Oh my god! Who is sitting on his desk and he's saying, you know, um. If you have God, you have uh, uh, something to devote your life to. If you don't have God, what do you have? Well, some <laughs> people, they retreat behind their own egos. Uh, some people, they go after they, they go after money, power, or sex. They make that their God. And then he keeps talking, but he does not acknowledge that there could even be a person who is not devoted their life to God who could be a decent human nice. being. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, exactly, that is yeah. not, there's no third category. It's no. either you, you make yourself God or you make these sins God, the end. 
You know, we looked for one minute and we couldn't find one person that had purpose uh, <laughs> if they weren't a Christian. So we were talking growing up for sure. Uh, the God's Not Dead. So, by the way, this is a little sidetrack. Yeah. But I was just thinking the other day about how Christians are always, you know, warring against the straw man that says God is dead or whatever. But I'm like, I mean, at least they're acknowledging that God existed at one point. Well, right. if he never existed, so how could he die? Like, I think that's not even <laughs> their position is like God doesn't exist is it seems more of the the issue at hand. And that's I when was, you pull out the I banana think, and you're like I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> oh my gosh. By the way, I, I I meant to mention this before we start recording, but it's so good seeing you at the Kirk Cameron rally the other day. We ran into each yeah. other, Paul. Yeah. Right there in- well, obviously we recognize each other cuz uh, no masks. Right. And um <laughs> Fine. Well, Paul yeah. loves no muzzles, was, you mean? No, thank you. Yeah. I'm not a sheep. I'm a wolf. <laughs> By the way, when I got the Moderna vaccine today, I just started going in the tent. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> and they had to escort me out. Unfortunately. Moderna Moderna is the, the Dolly vaccine, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think it's that. That's the, the one. one. Do you but, think it's Dolly the sheep and that's why you did that? That is. Ooh, Remember Dolly the sheep? Oh my god! I do. Are you guys are you guys old Wait, enough to remember one? Dolly, I know the, Dolly sheep. the sheep? Is she, yes, she was the a clone, clone sheep. sheep. Okay, not not Lamb sheep. Chop the puppet. That's a different <laughs> one. Okay, that's not Dolly. What a the cruel sheep. name to give a a, a sheep. <laughs> is a lamb Chop. Name. That's, that's that's that'd be like saying this is my daughter corpse. Oh, that's nice <laughs> <to meet> you. <laughs> oh my god. So, Paul, oh when did you decide and find out? No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. When did you decide and find out? That you could be a good person without religion. That there was a third category, unlike what the man in Insight said. I, I'm going to say that it was a long process. It was something that I believed could be true, but it was a long time before I was able to believe, like truly believe that I was a good person, you know, mm-hmm. and to understand that I'm living my life by the same principles that I did when I was a kid. When I, when I, when I, the, the principles that were taught to me that were the principles of, of goodness and, and decent humanity are the same principles I, I, that I actually live my life by now. That I understand consequences. I understand what they mean. I understand empathy in a way that I didn't when I was younger. Um, and I mean younger, like when I was in my twenties, thirties, whatever. It was a long, it was a long road for me. And, um, you know, therapy was a big, was a huge help for me in developing my empathy and, and understanding that other people are going through the same things that I'm going through and that we, we all have more in common than we, than we, uh, than we don't. And that everyone is hurting to a certain degree. Uh, everyone is, is scared to a certain degree, um, to, to varying degrees, you know, but that, you know, that my, my God, I guess became the, the, the brotherhood of man, if you will. And believing that, um, we have to be good to each other. And when I, when I fall short of that, it feels bad. It feels, I feel deep shame about that because I think, especially because I don't imagine, I no longer imagine, somebody else forgiving me now it's up to me to forgive myself and i don't do that very easily at all like i carry i carry shame for a long time for a long time and it's the hardest thing it's like if a friend has done something that uh is is thoughtless or they they hurt your feelings in some way it's so much easier to forgive that friend than it is to forgive yourself for for a similar thing and you know i i I realized, well, that's 
that's life and that's the journey, you know, is is figuring that stuff out and and trying to do uh, less of one and more of the other, you know, Um, and that's that's about that's about all you can all you can really hope for, you know, is to try to do better than you're not doing, you know. I've never really thought about shame in the sense of, because it's such a grace hits topic of conversation here (laughs) about how much shame and sexual shame and bodily shame there is in religious infrastructures and whatnot. But then there are situations kind of like what you're describing where shame can be exponential if you are the arbiter of your own forgiveness rather than like this infinite sort of vending machine of like, well, God will literally forgive me all the time forever. I'm not worried about anything. But if all we have is what we owe each other, then you're kind of the judge of yourself. And so that's like a very hard thing to swallow i think in yeah. practice i think i resonate with that a good amount oh yeah yeah it's so you don't have to give your you can't give yourself the benefit of the doubt because there's no doubt like you know why you did something mm-hmm. you know or whatever <laughs> exactly. and like it, it helps it, i have the same thing in therapy as well of like teaching myself that i am a good person or even if i do make mistakes or am, am mean to someone or whatever mm-hmm. like reminding myself that that's not because i am innately a bad or unkind or fleshly or sinful person but often it's like it's because of a need for survival or you're angry or whatever and like that act doesn't define your actual character yeah but you know for people like us who were grown up that said like to your core you are bad you know and you're you start out bad you start you bad. Start yeah. out bad. <laughs> so all your goodness is just like a charade you put on that God gives you or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so yeah. teaching ourselves that like, no, our good is still good, you know? And even if we, we know sometimes our intentions are murky, like give yourself some credit, you know? That kind just of thing. like the idea that I just got here and I'm in the red. Like, yeah. How does that <laughs> Stage how does one. That happen? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have uh, you Hello, the by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what a welcoming committee. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, man. it's a big one to untangle. And and yeah, and then it helps you also like when you're, you know, post-religion or post-God, you're like, yeah. yes, I can still have this morality. And yes, I can still give myself the same kindness I want to extend to human beings because I'm a human too. It's like, yeah. it's like crazy. You have to remind yourself, you know. But mm. it's so, it's like, it's, you know, it's just so much easier to recognize other people are, are trying their best. And it's very easy to feel... I. You're not trying your best. I know you because you're me. And <laughs> yeah. You you could be trying harder and you're not. And it's like it's yes. the, especially the last year has been so. You know, I I have clinical depression and I take medication for it. And um, sometimes it's worse than others. And uh, you know, definitely there's situational stuff like you know being locked in your home for a year <laughs> that will make things super challenging mm-hmm. and. You know, then it gets to a point where it's where you could you could say to yourself, "Okay, you're a good person, but I still don't like you." <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Where it's like intellectually, I affirm that you have value, but you're yeah. annoying to me. Yeah. I'm not you're enjoying not this. It. No, no, no. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just yeah. saying I don't like you. Not a worm, but I don't want to hang out. <laughs> No offense. No offense. Oh no offense. <laughs> Not taken. Oh my god. Uh, I want to. I just. I just speak the truth. Let me do it. Let me do a deep poll for a second because it's something that has stuck with me, and hopefully it's not too strange to bring up. I remember, Paul, an episode you did of a podcast called. Was it the Mental Illness Happy Hour? Yeah. 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 With Paul Gilmartin. Yeah. That's the one. 
And you described running into your wife, Janie, at the mm-hmm. gym. You described this in great detail. I forget what the beginning stages of it were. Maybe like you didn't enjoy going to the gym or felt vulnerable to be there. But you described going there and then Janie going there and you didn't know. And you guys you guys weren't married at the time, right? You guys were just right. dating? That's right. Okay. We were just dating, yeah. And it, man, it's really stuck with me because what you described was that when she saw you and said your name and then walked across to you, you said it was one of the first times that you felt like someone was happy to see you. And that she it was... Had, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I could cry thinking about that moment. I, I heard my name and I turned around and she had the biggest smile on her face. Like, cause we run into each other at the gym and it struck me in that moment that I was that I was making her face make that expression. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know why I've seen people have smiled at me before, you know what I mean? <laughs> but this was, this was, this was somebody that I loved and that I knew loved me. And when I turned around and saw her face, I saw that love like emanating from her. Mm. And it was a prof, it was a profound moment in my life. Wow. Yeah. And I think what I'm getting at is that it's very difficult to constantly live in that idea in that moment that there, in your case, Paul, there's a Janie looking at you and you are making her smile just by existing and for whatever it is with me and for whatever it is with Caroline. And that is also true about us at the same time of like, I'm annoying. I don't like hanging out with myself, even if I have value, blah, blah, blah. Like to hold both of those things at the same time, you often need the other, the lens of the other for that. I feel like it's the ultimate challenge, you know, and that's, that's what life is. You know, life is made up of, I, I, I would love to get to the point where I could have the view of life that somebody in a movie has, like somebody at the end of the movie that says something that clicks for the main character, you know, some wizened old guy is like, it's all about the sunsets and the sunrises, you know, yeah. like some shit like that. The movie rocked, by the way, sunsets because, and sunrises, if you guys haven't seen it, it's on HBO Max I, I right just now. watched it. Yeah, I just yeah. watched it again today. That's why it's on my mind. Um, it still holds up. Um, yep. It like there is a part of me that knows that there is a truth to that, you know, that there, that, that it is simple things like that, that it's like, you shouldn't sweat the small stuff and, and you should like, you have those moments of clarity where you look around at the world and you say, I can't believe that I get to share this earth with, uh, or uh, that this earth is shared with me, you know, that mm-hmm. I get to see these trees. I get to see this ocean. Like you do have those moments, but Man, in between those moments, there's a lot of like, oh, I'm going to be fucking late. (laughs) (laughs) Going to be late. I'm I'm messing this up for somebody else because of, you know, because of my stupid, because I got distracted, like, you know, digitizing VHS tapes or something. And now it's like, oh, no. This retail worker doesn't seem pleased by my presence. (laughs) I love that you hold on to those VHSs, by the way. They are coming back. I just started. I'm I'm literally digitizing stuff now. I've been toting this. Oh, man. Like a couple boxes of VHS tapes for literal decades. And I'm just now digitizing them, which has not been good for my self-esteem. Wow. <laughs> Wait, like, is it home movies? Is that what? why you still have the VHS? No, 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 no. It's like my high school musicals and stuff like oh that. My God. Those are yes. priceless, Paul. Yes, you have to digitize priceless. those. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my, oh my God. Gosh. Yeah. There's like old student films that I did when I was, 
you know, when I was not a student, but I had friends who were. <laughs> like a lot of crazy oh shit like that. Yeah. Man, you're gonna have TBTs for days after those are like <laughs> on your phone and you can just upload those whenever. Oh Every my day God. a TBT. On a corticopia. Man. Well, I wanna I wanna bring it full circle on this discussion too, because Paul, literally today, I was thinking tonight getting to talk to Paul of Tompkins is like one of my life affirming moments of like because <laughs> I was getting nervous of like how do you be funny with Paul? You know, like how do you like keep up with him or whatever how do I make this interesting and then I was like you know life is short I'm gonna get to talk to Paul F. Tompkins tonight this is great you know and that like carried me through the day well I hope I don't blow that by the end of this podcast oh, you did already so it's okay you don't you can relax it's already blown go, guys bye you got a lot of cutting to do oh wow he turned the video off I fully understand why my favorite zoom gag hilarious love, love stopping video I've never video. done that gag I should do it's that great gag. it's fun it's you gotta do it <laughs> Paul, thanks for sharing your story with us and, and talking to us about life and religion empathy. I think we covered it, right? We got yeah. it. There's oh, nothing I else. Loved, I love talking about this stuff. I it's love good. You're good talking about it. We could go on for hours, but we can't. We have stuff life. to do. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Let's uh, spell these gods. Let's spell these gods. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's spell these gods. <laughs> Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Come on, let's go. You talked about your exposure to Catholic uh, music and mm -hmm. singing in the choir 
And your taste in hierarchy, I think one you've quoted before is, were you there? The best! <laughs> what, a, what a wild song that is. Do you not know this one, Caroline? No, I don't know. I don't oh, so. please allow me. Okay, great. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, oh. tremble. Okay. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? <laughs> And the answer is no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Is this an inquisition? Are you? Sorry. Is this an interrogation? Hey, dead to rights. You got me. You, I was not there. If, if you're a cop, you have to tell me. <laughs> Wait, do you know the history of this, Paul? Uh, it looks like it was an American spiritual, first printed in 1899. So right at the wow. turn of the century, we just came out of. Likely composed by enslaved Africans, African Americans in the 19th century. It was included in a book called Old Plantation Hymns. And then in 1940, it was included in an Episcopal hymnal, which is makes it like the first spiritual song to be included in a hymnal. That wasn't like wow. of, oh, the hymn, of the hymn genre to begin yeah. with. Right. It's the only it's the only spiritual I can remember us singing. Like I don't in, think we ever mass. did what's that? At in mass, yeah, at mass. Yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the only one. Huh. I also like that it only sometimes causes you to tremble. <laughs> from time a lot to of time tremble, tremble, tremble. <laughs> every so often That's as far much. as protestant prop culture mm. christian stuff christian music and what actually christian it, like yeah real christian <laughs> christian like Not the whore of babylon i understand <laughs> exactly <laughs> no non-idolatrous music sure <laughs> what was your exposure to that did you have any like friends grow up because i guess growing up when you were a kid you were at the like the precipice of its sort of Explosion, the the codification of contemporary Christian music as it is today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm 52 years old. I'll be 53 in September. So for me, that was not yet. Maybe when I was in my early 20s, was I aware of like Christian rock? You mm -hmm. know, of yeah. like uh, Striper or something like that. Um, but when I was a kid, everything was very, you know, I in the neighborhood in which I grew up, you knew. Uh, the the people that you associated with were other Catholics. It was the, the kids I went to school with. My next door neighbors were my cousins. They were all Catholic. They were mostly Catholics on our street. Um, in fact, my uh, my sister in law, uh, Janie's um, brother's wife, we grew up like a mile from each other Whoa. and never met. Oh never God. met. So she was a Protestant and I was a Catholic, and so we never we never met. You know? wow, so your paths just like wouldn't cross. Yeah, because what no. other social areas would you, I guess in the neighborhood, but yeah. like we, you didn't we, go outside. We could have literally crossed paths and not known it, you know, because we would have right. been in our own little groups, you know. I love but that. I, That's ah. romantic to me. The idea of like y'all were just living your parallel lives next to each other. And yeah, I know. It's yeah. really wild. I think it's yes. cool. And we're roughly the same age. She's a little younger than I am, but mm -hmm. we definitely would have been like gone to the Mount Airy Day Festival. Aww. <laughs> that would have been a fun <laughs> That sounds like a Gilmore Girls. Where I saw weatherman Jim O'Brien, local weatherman Jim O'Brien. Jim O'Brien? The yeah. Jim? The Jim. But, but by, by the way. Perry Gilpin's father, Perry Gilpin of Frasier. Perry Gilpin, who we remember no. as Roz on Frasier. Yes. By the way, I, I know you can't say Her dad say was yet. our local weatherman. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. 
you probably can't get into the details of it, but they just announced the Frasier reboot on Paramount Plus. Please don't please don't ask me about it. I can't I know you can't. <laughs> you cannot comment. They they asked so few people back. I can't I can't say anything about it, please. I don't want to get in trouble. The only person who's confirmed so far is Kelsey Grammer. They haven't yeah. confirmed David Hyde P. They haven't confirmed right. uh, you know, Perry Gilpin. They have not even confirmed Eddie yet. Who played the dog? Ooh, I, Eddie. Have, I have some who terrible news. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's coming back. Okay, we won't press you on that. Eddie is not the. I'll just say Eddie is not has not been entered in the Guinness Book as the longest lived dog. <laughs> they might have to reboot Eddie. Is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Eddie will be playing a throw pillow. <laughs> Eddie plus on the couch. <laughs> oh my God, that is inhumane. We honored him. They we honored, honored him. Tanning his hide and making him into a, a dog suede pillow. That cover. would be so sick if there was like a taxonomy of Eddie like, in the show as well. They like, keep talking to. Man, that takes me back to going to my grandfather's house as I was a child and seeing the bust of his poodle Jenny that he had made the out of butt solid. Of his poodle? Bust. Bust. Come on. <laughs> Careful. I heard hey. butt. <laughs> I'll bet you did, you <laughs> little little monster. statue was of a, her little po- his little poodle Jenny. And it was so even as a child, it was funny to me. It was not <laughs> I was but like, wait, mm, like just just the head, like as if the poodle just had been the, the president? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was presidential. Like a prize buck. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> It looked like an award for like. Wait, a bust is so much worse. I don't like that. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Then freaking taxidermy. Where's Godspell coming to it for you? You yeah. did you watch it when you were a child? I will tell you this: we, my mother, put me and my brothers in front of the TV. I, I, I this is this is my memory. This could be this could be wrong, but here's what I remember: we were at my uncle Tony and Aunt Lena's house. I think it was after dinner, what are you going to do with the kids? Stick them in front of the TV because Godspell, I believe, is making its television debut. Now, the movie came out in 1973, so this would have been probably 1974, a year later, right? Mm. Maybe 75. So I'm either six or seven years old. Wow. I have not seen that movie since then, and I watched it today. I... Could not believe how imprinted on my memory it wow. was because I remembered so many tiny little things, body oh. language that actors had. I, 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 it was blowing my mind. It was, I could not believe it was like that weird thing of it definitely like there's, there's stuff I haven't seen in a long time that I've forgotten all about. You know what I mean? Like seeing it again is like seeing it for the first time. Or I'm, I'm reading a book now that I read um, uh, when I first moved to LA and it's like reading a brand new book. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. rem- like not even the vaguest details do I remember. This movie, I felt like I had it memorized. Like I was one step behind it, just like a half Whoa. second behind it the whole way. It was making me so happy to watch it. I... I I loved all of the people in it oh, so much. This is so nice. But it's also being at an age where, like, I'm looking at them as like they're these beautiful young people. Like they're they're in the the prime of their life. Like they're brimming with life, and they're doing this. They're doing this show out in empty New York City. You know, 
It was it was wild to me. It's so I like couldn't aspirational it. as a kid, probably to see that of like, look at them. I just want oh, to play and run loving around, loving the Lord for singing. sure, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Like be- before in I had big city. Oh yeah, before I before I had a real understanding of what religion was, but I knew that I was I knew that I was uh, I was in a religion. I knew that I was Catholic. I knew that I was uh, a person of faith, and I was I was in a family of faith. I went to a school of faith, and that this was about God, who was my. You know, this is my default hero. You know what I mean? Is, <laughs> is God and Jesus, you know. That, default um, hero? You had your pick <laughs> in the crop, didn't you? Protagonist. <laughs> but like it, it was, and it's also, I didn't realize it at the time, but looking at it now, it's like, this is a straight up children's movie. It's straight up for kids. Like in a way that I, I didn't recall but when you look at it now, there's like, there's no, this is a very good indoctrination tool if you would like it to be. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is, this is for children. Like, the way they're, it's ve- like they're doing like this sort of vaudeville thing through the whole thing. It's big expressions. It's very cute. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's being very yes, cute. Very and cute. they, they are like extremely adorable, all of them. And yet, when the songs kick in, it's powerful. Like those songs are extremely catchy. These people are belting the shit out of them. Like, and they're, and they're when, when they're, when they're the tender songs, they're, they're emoting them like to the, to the, to the hilt. Like you are, you can't say that they're not trying in this movie. Right. Like you, you cannot say oh, I that never they are said not. That. Just to put yeah. on the record. I never <laughs> okay. said they weren't trying. Kevin <laughs> said clear. they weren't trying. In Off my Kevin said they weren't. But I was, I was astonished by it. I really, I absolutely adored it. And my wife was watching it too. She had been shown it in school and she hated it in school and she hated it now. She like did not enjoy it at all. She found it extremely annoying, which I can't blame anybody for, but man, it, it, it absolutely, it it really got core me. memory really, unlocked. Core memory unlocked. Yes, well, yeah, it, li- it lived in you long enough where usually there's quite a back and forth between whenever we book a guest and like, oh, what'd you grow up on? What were you raised on? Immediately, Paul sent, it's Godspell. Here's the poster. Here's my perfect <laughs> analogy for it yeah. as wow. it compares to Jesus Christ oh, Superstar. I went and oh, looked. I looked yeah. I looked back over all your episodes to make sure that no one had touched this yet mm-hmm. because I didn't, you know, you. I was hoping like, please let, I wanted. I want to talk about this so bad. And it gave me an excuse to watch it. And it was, I, I it was a powerful experience watching this wow. again. I could wow. not believe how much, how much stayed with me. Mm-hmm. I, we're talking like almost 50 years since I have seen this motion picture Damn. and it, it lives inside of my brain. Isn't it gorgeous? Wow. In my heart. Yeah, absolutely. This is yeah. a fundamental part of Paul F. Tompkins. For sure. In, in many ways, not just, not just from the faith thing and not just from the, 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 the very childlike explanation of, um, of, of the gospel of Matthew, which, you know, really lays out some great stuff, you know, about how to, how to, how to live, how to, how to be, a, how to be a good human being, you know, but also in a, from a comedy perspective, like I absolutely responded to the comedy of it. It, it meant that like fucking brought me in so hard <laughs> because even back then I loved comedy. I loved all comedy. Mm-hmm. And so this was like, this is everything I need. This is everything I need right <laughs> the here. One stop shop. Yeah. Do you remember if being I, a kid that was like into musicals at that time? Was that something you gravitated towards because of the comedy? 
And a little. Or? I mean, I'd seen musicals because my my sister, who my oldest sister, who's the oldest in the family, uh, she did school plays and she did, um, and then in college and everything. So I'd seen a bunch of musicals, you know, live. Um, I'd seen local productions of things, and I, I, I like as a as a as a kid who loved comedy, this was also like. This was a great um, this was like putting on a show, you know, and like I was raised in an era of uh, when variety shows were still a thing on TV. And so to watch a to watch a musical was like it's it's everything. It's got everything. You know, it's there's (laughs) it's it's comedy. Sometimes there's a little bit of drama. It's got songs. There's a love story, you know, and uh, the spectacle of it as a kid definitely imprinted on me. Um, So this was like. This is perfect. And also because at the time it was modern, like they're wearing hippie clothes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's modern day New York. It's not, um, it's not, ab- it's not as, although it's, it's, uh, it is abstract. Uh, it's also very much grounded in the here and now because they, uh, uh, they open with, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, John the Baptist is calling people from, is calling the apostles, you know, um, and they're leaving modern the modern world uh, to go into this fantasy empty New York City where it's just them. You know, uh, it. I I honestly think this movie is extremely artfully done. Like some of the shots in this movie are mind blowing, mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It's it's really it's it's so cinematic. It, it, I which I, I that's not a thing that registered with me as a child but looking at it now I'm like that's a pretty amazing shot that they got <laughs> like they <laughs> they zoom out from this guy on this skyscraper all the way out and then they zoom in on this guy in another skyscraper it it's yes. wild <laughs> I mean we often say New York that's like the fifth character in whatever the movie of the television show is I will say <laughs> the eighth and ninth character in this movie are the twin towers they are heavily featured <laughs> in this film yeah. Yeah. so Paul they, would you say 9-11 for you was the most painful <laughs> more than others <laughs> I knew that I felt it more deeply than other people did, even people who were who lived in New York. How is this uh, at about the time? That yeah. And I was like, why is this resonating with me <laughs> so much more? Godspell. That that shot, by the way, was kind of terrifying. One because of the buildings, but two because it felt like the camera like fell off of the building and then kept yeah. going to, and it was like kind of rattling. Yeah, oh, it kind of did. Because that was, you know, that was a one shot deal. Like this is it. Yes, we're not. Yeah, we like can't afford. We can't holder. afford the helicopter again. And now weird French guy's coming up here. He wants to walk across it, so we got to get the hell out of here for him. He's got to do walk. So a, a little background with it. It started at Carnegie Mellon. It was um, the brainchild of a guy named John Michael Tebelek, who is who was an Episcopalian man. He was a Christian guy. And it was him and a bunch of theater majors at Carnegie Mellon putting this together, which makes a lot of sense given the big musical theater energy prevalent. <laughs> I in... don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. My other question was going to be, is this a Groundlings graduation show <laughs> for the majority of the film? <laughs> so, so it actually came from an incident he had where he went to an Easter service, but he was dressed basically how Victor Garber as Jesus was dressed in this film like a tool yeah like mork from mork (laughs) oh wow (laughs) jesus is mork from mork and at the at the door of the church they frisked him for drugs because he was wearing a t-shirt and big suspenders he was like okay something's up 
I like literally the religion I claim and want to be a part of is like no because of like aesthetic stuff like that. So that inspired right. him to make this show. So he had it pretty far developed along, <laughs> and then Stephen Schwartz comes in. What are you laughing at, Caroline? What, what's the thought? I'm just laughing at someone, someone dragging your outfit so bad that you're like, I'm gonna make a groundbreaking <laughs> musical for it, <laughs> and make the culture accept my looks. <laughs> you laugh. Alas, for you. Someone insulted Leonard Bernstein's trousers, and that's how we got West Side Story. So <laughs> yeah, there's a tradition cool. here of yeah, this happening. Hope for all of us. Is that true? No. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Instead of trousers, I'll have jeans and I'll dance in them. Hey, the streets in New York. Uh, race, yeah. <laughs> I think it was the word, you using the word trousers made me think this was an actual anecdote. <laughs> like I was reading a Wikipedia of it. Yeah, it sounds like it. He made fun of my trousers and I said, um, that's, that tins it. <laughs> so, so Schwartz comes in and then basically redoes all the music and all the songs, except for one of them. Um, and Schwartz, basically Stephen Schwartz, who we know from Pippin, Prince of Egypt, uh, Children of Eden, freaking Pocahontas, Hunchback wow. of Notre Dame. I don't remember anything from that. And of course, wow. Wicked. He is the wickedly talented Stephen Schwartz. Oh, and so, okay. and for me, <laughs> Stephen Schwartz was a fundamental part of my childhood. Not in, not in a Godspell sort of way, but because of Children of Eden. And for some reason, Wicked was so important in high school. I don't... For you? Yes. I, I didn't know you were a wicked bitch. I'm a wicked bitch. <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> I'm a total alphabet. Dead to You love witchcraft. <laughs> I'm a witch. Father, husband, witch. There is a live journal entry you could look up where I write a whole parody song to define gravity. Uh, oh. We will not publish it for wow. the purposes of this podcast. But it is look upable. It's look upable if people right. dig hard enough. Hey, of, I love sending our listeners looked, on treasure hunts. What's that? I was going to say, I could have looked this up, but uh, what is a God spell? Why, why is it called that? It's a, a scrambling of it's a scrambling of the word gospel, and then the idea that um, you are you are under the spell of God. You are you are. Um, oh, this is okay. this is. I remember hearing this a <laughs> Whoa. long time ago. <laughs> she did not like that peek at the that. wizard behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like some like ancient canonical word, you know, like in Hebrew know. it yeah. meant. Yeah, Father. <laughs> it's in early Greece. This is what they called the gospel or something. Not that all like I, that. No, I could kind be of wrong, but that is, it, to, to, in my recollection, that is what it what it comes from. Okay. Well, my explanation was going to be a god spell is whatever you want it to be. That's the beauty of the god spell. <laughs> so, Kevin, no, you would be like a god spell is when Alphaba and <laughs> hey, to, like cast she, it. She has nothing to do with this musical. <laughs> nothing. Um, so it has a pretty successful off-Broadway run and it's very rare especially at the time for an off-Broadway show to then be adapted to a full film but it was such a sensation mostly because of Day by Day. Day by Day was the biggest single. It was a chart topper. It was the moment uh, <laughs> from, <laughs> from this show and that in and of itself propelled enough for the film adaptation and then the, the Broadway version of it actually happened after the film adaptation and it's one of these shows that's pretty malleable yeah. to whatever the whoever the performers are. It's not super mm -hmm. rigid. It's not it's not something where it's like it's gotta be this, it's gotta be this. There's like composer notes you can find on Stephen Schwartz's website where it's like, I don't know, do whatever you want. Like it's supposed <laughs> to be whatever the aesthetic of the people are. There are no character names in the yeah. show. Everyone is nameless. So whoever the names of the performers are are the names of the characters. So when Uzo Aduba oh, from Orange is the New Black or Mrs. America was in the twenty eleven 
uh, cast recording of it. The character's name is just Uzo. Like it's not Stacy or whatever. Like it's it's just whoever those people are. And then the characters. Oh, I like that are, convention. That's kind of. Fun. It's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess Jesus is Victor uh, in the film version. <laughs> Victor Garber making his film debut. A man I'm never a not happy to see. He's like 23. Same. Same. At the time, yeah. what's I've, your- I've loved him forever. I've loved him forever. I mean, the Alias I- was huge for me as a kid. Me too. Yeah, yeah. really. I loved Alias. I yeah. loved Alias. Yeah, and I loved him in it. Um, I I had I had the great pleasure of when the movie started and Victor Garber appears on screen, of asking my wife, "Do you know who that is?" Oh yes. And seeing her try to guess it, and then when she could not guess it because how could she? <laughs> telling her and getting the reaction was sublime oh i can't imagine okay so this is a common yeah. thing then because i do this to chelsea all the time where i'm like yeah that's jeff bridges and it's like yeah. a, a handsome jeff <laughs> bridges from 1978 like <laughs> younger yeah, yeah. It's my best, victor yeah. garber intro was brandy's cinderella where he plays the prince's dad and that's like where i he he logged for me as an important sure. person. We all <laughs> have our Victor Garber awakening. <laughs> hey, we all got him. Hey, some kids had him just recently with the happiest season on Hulu. That's right. That's yeah. right. I, I was lucky enough to get on the ground floor. That's all. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah your no, Victor stock is <laughs> at this point. Oh yeah, and then he was that creepy kind of Me Too guy, legally blonde in that first yes, movie. Yeah. yeah, he plays the professor. Yeah, he's interesting too for a couple of reasons. He. I, for some reason, I've linked him and David Hyde Pierce in my head for <laughs> forever because they're both. You mean you ship them? I do, I do kind of ship them, TBH. They're probably like within 15 years of each other. But they're both openly gay men who weren't openly gay on the come up of their careers. But then their careers lasted what? long enough where, wait, are you wow. just finding this out? Yeah. So when he was married in Brandy Cinderella, he was faking it. He was acting. With that woman. Acting, my dear girl. Okay, yeah. well, Victor was doing He's it. He's a good actor. <laughs> and then, yeah, we'll see who put his wife on. And then my other favorite detail about him is that he's pretty much Jennifer Garner's dad in real life. They seem to have such a loving, sweet, paternal relationship. He, pr- he was the officiant at one of her weddings. I think maybe the one to Ben Affleck. The one that stuck? Oh, no. I hope it wasn't the Ben one. <laughs> That's a, that's a cursed wedding at this point. Everyone everyone can check out the Hollywood Reporter story on Jennifer Garner. Now there's a cover story where it's called, the, the header of it is wonderful for me. The header is, the, the real, in parentheses, queen of nice. That's the header oh. for the Jennifer Garner story. <laughs> the real one. Yeah. I As think the implication is, well, before, Caroline, who would you say was the queen of nice? Ellen DeGeneres. Right. Oh. And so now, so now we have a new crown. <laughs> Cut right. to me. She has been dethroned. Yes, she's the vice president of Nice. Oh my God. <laughs> I think Victor Garber. He was like a little. He was a little ABC musical king because he was also Warbucks in Annie. That's right. Warbucks. Yeah. <laughs> Colin yeah. Daddy, comma Daddy. I thought he was a good singer too. I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. he's a great actor. He didn't have to be this good at singing as well. <laughs> and no. here he didn't. That was a that delight was nice. after Alias, after Spy Daddy. Uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Just getting into mm-hmm. like the, the gentleman sings as well. The also, <laughs> I'm not going to ever have an opportunity to bring this up ever again in my life, I don't Ooh. think. But while we're on the subject of ABC musicals from the 90s, oh boy. <laughs> we need to talk about. And we needed, I mean, me needs to talk about 
Steven Schwartz's Geppetto. Steven Schwartz wrote and oh did the yeah, did the music and lyrics for a is musical called Spiner? Geppetto. I don't know who, who is it that? is, but as Geppetto, it does Where's star you can take my face. Drew Carey. What? No. What? Go on, take it. I don't care. There's no okay. From the man that brought you day by day and prepare you the way of the Lord. Since I Drew Carey's Geppetto. No. I'm sorry, but a contract's a contract. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, and just a little bit more paprika on the dish. Blue fairy. As the blue fairy, blue we fairy. have... Good Geppetto, I have tried to help you throughout your journey, but you did not heed my advice. There's little I can do for Julia no. Louis Dreyfus. No, no. <laughs> no. This is crazy. This is weird. I just need people Julia to know Dreyfus. that it exists. It does exist. You can watch it all on YouTube. I'm I'm mortified it's not on Disney Plus at this point, but there it is if you want Wait, it. Wait, like it's missed, not on Disney okay. Plus. It's not on Disney they Plus. I believe it. it's on YouTube. Yes. They deny it. I know. They deny it. There's a they few, by the way, it. if you really want to see what Disney does or doesn't stand by, see what's not on Disney Plus. Yeah. For some reason, the 2013 film The Lone Ranger, starring Army Hammer and Johnny Depp as a Native American man, <laughs> is not on Disney reason. Plus. For some Strange. reason. Strange. don't know yeah. why. You have the courage. All right, so that's a little of the background with <laughs> Stephen Schwartz and whatnot. Yes, but very, wow. very uh, fundamental part of my musical theater uh, yes. sort of education. In talking about, uh, you know, Victor Garber and um, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Garner in mm-hmm. real life. I had the feeling when I was watching this movie, like at one point, I was like, I hope they all loved each other. I hope they had yeah. I hope they had a ball doing this because there's so many there's so many bits there's so many like yeah. physical things you're doing with props and stuff like that and I was and there and it's also it's a very huggy show it's I'm saying it's a musical it's, theater yeah. show. It's I mean yeah. a musical theater major show, we should say. Yeah. Like it is for college it, students. It felt like a series <laughs> of acting class exercises together. So I that level of of unity, you know, I can only imagine. Like I, th- I think what you're saying on the screen is what you're describing. Yeah. I I mean, I I think obviously I for me it's a delight. I understand why you guys would view it perhaps <laughs> with a jaundiced eye. Maybe I deserve this for the Gilmore guys. Whoa, hey, hey, whoa, I understand. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, we leave old beef where it belongs in the trash. It's, it's old oils. beef belongs in the trash. Yeah. Hey, say it with um, me, fam. Old beef old belongs, belongs in, in the trash. trash. I'll sync that up in post. Um, they last year somebody tried to do a COVID-friendly version of Godspell. You heard about this, yeah. Kevin? Yeah. And it's like of all the shows, of all the shows. <laughs> Like there, there's no way that it, on the stage, like th- this is not, it's, there's no way that just in the movie adaptation these people are touching each other that much. Obviously, on the stage, they're constantly just like ar- arms around each other's necks all the time, like mm-hmm. kissing and hugging and stuff like that. And I was like, God, there's got to be some other show that you could have <laughs> yeah. come up with. It's not all about a tight, like roving band, <laughs> a troop of actors. You they're know? all yeah. on stage at the same time, the whole time. <laughs> all right, yeah, gang, yeah, we're doing a COVID point. safe version of our musical kissing less than six feet apart let's do it <laughs> it's essentially a covid safe human caterpillar <laughs> caroline did you mean human centipede i don't oh. <laughs> when you said human caterpillar 
<laughs> I made it a lot sweeter. <laughs> it, is, it is adorable. Hey, I'd love to be a part of a human caterpillar. That sounds legs. fun. <laughs> then you become a human butterfly. Aww, oh, wow. Our, we're all going to transform <laughs> into a human butterfly. <laughs> yeah, it, it is one of the... I, I agree with you, Caroline. I did have the idea that, or the thought while watching it that it is like improv exercises stacking on top of each other. But, but what you see in the course of the movie, like Paul's talking about, is like... They seem to be gaining and building more and more trust with each other. And I think I think the easy comparison to this, just because of the time and because of the music, is, is with Jesus Christ. Ministry? What's that? Is clown ministry? Honk honk. Uh, <laughs> Paul, I don't know if you know about a little thing called clown ministry, but this I is. I don't a, know that I do. I don't know that I do. Well, imagine mm. evangelical clowns and how they would minister to people with the use of <laughs> clownery. <laughs> And I tell you what, I'll do that on my own. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. save it for yourself. I have a well, book called like, Clown Ministry. I'll, I'll it's it so perfect sometimes. for like you know church skits and things like that because because <laughs> clowns, <laughs> as you noted, are like they're pure. They're, they're sinners. Childlike. Oh, I see. They're pure. You know, like that's the <laughs> 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 like that's the point of a clown is they're like delighted by a bubble, you know, yeah, and things exactly. like that. <laughs> <Exactly>. Dumb as <laughs> rocks. So, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that they're is like idiots. the kind just came of to people. Life. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. but they're like in an adult body. So that's yeah. why it's a little bit disarming and scary. And that's kind of like what these actors were doing too, is they, yeah. they have that childlike love with each other mm -hmm. and understanding of things. And also like a childlike ego too, you mm -hmm. know, where they think they know it all yeah. and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I remember as a kid, they made it, I, I got to say they made it easy for me to understand, like as young as I was, the shifts in, um, in character, like the guy who is playing, uh, essentially John the Baptist and Judas yeah that like going back and one. forth between those roles he is a, I I'm I feel like I'm lucky that I was a little too young to have had crushes back then because it would have been over for me because oh, yeah. I, I they're all they're all gorgeous like everybody in this movie they're just like so hot they're super hot in a in a wholesome way in a wholesome way. And an approachable way. way, too. You know, it, yeah, yes, they're not all exactly. like supermodels, but they're all like, wow, gorgeous it's and like, young. It's like, so, it, it's like somebody that would be in your friend circle that everybody yes, would yes. have a crush on. Yeah. And then exactly. one night you talk about it, like, hey, can we just fucking talk about it? Oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Hot Ben, our friend Hot Ben, who we call Hot Ben behind <laughs> his back. Ben. Hot Ben, I hope you're listening. Yeah. I oh. hope you are, too. Kyle Chandler looking ass, good grief. <laughs> I had a the, I had like a talent crush on the guy that I remembered the most from it was the uh, the guy in the in the hat with the raccoon tail the derby with the raccoon tail mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he was like yeah. the he oh, was yeah. to me was like that's me you know what I mean like that that thing you do when you're a kid watching something like that's yes. I'm I'm that one I'm the brunette one <laughs> or as yeah. a 31 year old yeah. adult man Caroline who do you think I said that's me too. <laughs> This should be a oh, slam dunk. Oh, I mean, the funny guy. No, 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 no. Try again. <laughs> oh, okay. Little the funny guy. <laughs> no, there was one the guy who was like, he's the funny Maybe guy. a woman who had a little furry friend with her uh, the whole time. Oh, oh Kevin. And literally on my notes, I wrote down, oh, a little Daniel Tiger for Kevin. Oh. <laughs>
guilty. <laughs> so I love them so much. I so love cute. them so and when, much. And when the little tiger puppet holds Jesus's face at the Last Supper, that's yeah. very tender. Foul. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, but you think that's disgusting? What? What? <laughs> Why is it disgusting? <laughs> no, thanks. I don't like it. There's something disturbing about it to me. Uh, she's a full adult. Uh, she has her words. I don't like it when adults use puppets to communicate. I want uh, you to say this to Paul. Fred Rogers' face. I, I want you to meet him in the afterlife and say puppets are disgusting. And what if so you said Fred that to Daniel using- Tiger and then Fred Rogers came up from behind the things like, I beg your pardon? <laughs> no, Mr. Rogers, I swear. <laughs> Never. Um, wait, but Paul, you were going to say something about the hot guy's uh, character arc and his like development. Yeah, just the that I, they yeah. made it, even for a little kid, they made it easy for me to understand that he's playing he's a different guy now like he starts out as this guy and then yeah. he's a different guy at the mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. Yeah. um and i i it's funny that i was also fr- i was i was also frustrated by the by the fact that there were not actual there were not 12 actual apostles mm-hmm. that they did not have a full 12 <laughs> and i couldn't understand that like as i could understand as a the child stage, you were like this a, doesn't child, like, <laughs> yeah well because yeah because it's like well he's supposed to be him right so then why yeah. why would there only be nine people you know why aren't there three more people but it makes sense you can't get you can't have 12 so <laughs> 12 or 13 or 14 songs. really yeah. you know so many. <laughs> yeah. yeah but um i I, I, the emotion of the, of the Last Supper, the Last Supper scene came back to me, and I did note that because I, I couldn't. The one thing I couldn't remember was exactly how it ended, and I did note that, like Jesus Christ Superstar, they chicken out and don't show a resurrection. You're, okay, you're calling them yes. cowards for doing that. Well, I'm, <laughs> I, I'll give it I'll, because Jesus Christ Superstar was the one that was supposedly more about questioning right it was more about questioning the plan you know god's plan and and putting jesus in in uh, you know focusing more on the on the human and saying why do we do this what is this all about you know what are we what is the point of this i get that they're saying we'll let you decide what happened at the end you know that's up for you to decide but god's spell is like come on guys <laughs> but I guess right. if, if the resurrection is not in the gospel, I can't remember if the, if the resurrection is in the gospel of St. Mark. It might not be in that gospel. Or and in, so, yeah, in Matthew. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. So if in that case, I can give it to them, but it does sort of feel like, well, Jesus Christ Superstar did that. So what if we did that too? Yes. It, it is in Matthew. But you can't help but make the parallels I know. these two movies. I, I can't tell because they, they seem to happen so parallel to each other. Yeah. And I don't have any opinion of like what who was going on in the who. 70s but yes yeah, yeah. just in the sense of i mean they were made for much different reasons by much different kinds of composers but yeah. just in the sense of like okay we are gonna especially for the movies for the movie adaptations too where the conceit of jcss is also uh, it's a bunch of hippies in the desert putting on a yes. show which it wears yeah. much looser than yeah godspell does and and Absolutely. that's interesting too and but i what i like about godspell is the sense of play that you're talking about paul and the sense of like childlike wonder sort of capturing more of a spirit of what it must have actually been like to hang out with jesus as an apostle whereas mm-hmm. in jcss he feels very separate or scoldy yeah. with all that he's so troubled whereas yeah. victor garber is hanging out with them all the time for the ensemble numbers he's part of the little circles and doing other and he people's loves choreography them. He, he's having he a great them. time 
Yeah. And he plays different characters too. Mm-hmm. Like he'll try on a different personality or do a funny voice and stuff like that, which usually yeah. Jesus is so sacred yeah. that you don't have him do anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I one of the I love that moment where, you know, after I think it's after um He also slept. Oh bless oh bless my uh, uh, bless the Lord my soul. Where um they're like uh, they're all like celebrating and then uh, Judas is up on the stage and saying, you know, you're going to be betrayed and you're going to be condemned to death, you know, and then he's sad and he sits down and then he tries to lighten things up for them, you know, with mm-hmm. the I used to read feet, you know, um, and let me tell you something. When that guy said uh, it says kids, that was a huge laugh line for little Paul F. Tompkins. Knocked him dead. <laughs> that was a hilarious. <laughs> Yes, that's what it would say at the bottom of the shoe. <laughs> and it's um, young Paul up for a lifetime of self-reflexive references. But you know what? <laughs> what it did make me realize the lack of the lack of the last three apostles made me realize twelve apostles is a lot. Too many. And right? we're finding, at least in in the last twelve months, that we've had to cut down in our inner circles a little bit as we create <laughs> our bubbles. That's exactly right. And I don't believe Jesus would have kept a bubble of twelve. He would have been more responsible than that. Because you know and Peter's got roommates that he's not checking in on and communicating yeah. with. He doesn't well, you know. You have where to protect going. your energy, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, like we only exactly. have so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, who knows? If his circle had been uh, just a little bit smaller, maybe we wouldn't have had <laughs> um, things would have gone better. I'm not crucified <laughs> blaming here, but <laughs> I'm not trying to victim blame. I think I think that's why also the Jesus Christ superstar of it all is what made it kind of hard for me to enjoy this. I think as much as you all did too, because I liked that movie and that movie did feel like it was still giving a play by play of the gospel. But I liked liked that it was complicating it and that it made the, the relationships a little less easy than like they seem in the Bible and things like that. And that it it was playing more to the adults than say the Sesame Mm -hmm. Street crowd. I mean, it's almost like, it's like they're both. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Crowd. Paul F. Tompkins you found dead it. in a ditch after doing the Good Christian <laughs> Fun podcast. Well, I mean, um, I think Jesus Christ Superstar is, uh, they're both musicals, but the genres are very different in the sense of, yeah. Weber's doing like a deconstruction of the Christ myth, almost yeah. in a way, yeah, you know? Whereas yeah. Godspell is, except for the lack of resurrection, I guess, at the end, a pretty faithful account of all very the parables faithful. and whatnot. Yeah. And even in their lack of resurrection, they do have the joyous when they're carrying him out and the uh, long live God turns into prepare you the way. Um, Mm -hmm. It does end on an upbeat note that is less ambiguous, I think, than the ending of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. hints that there's like hope and and something good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Although they do time travel, I guess, at Mm -hmm. the end, because filmically they go around a corner. Maybe it's not time travel, but then New York City occurs again in the city. Yes is populated i like yeah. that that was a nice little choice i thought yeah. i man i gotta say i was thinking as i was watching this that cinematically i mean jesus christ superstar is the better is the better show but i think this is i will say this is the better movie i think mm. it's more i think it's like what they pulled off with new york in this oh yeah there's so much interesting stuff 
And obviously, it's as you say, it's a very like what what they do in the musical other than the songs is very loose. Like yeah. I can't imagine that you're going to see a lot of similar stuff in any adaptation. If you were to see several adaptations of Godspell, you'd probably see very different, um, a lot of very different staging. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah. Um, and what they've done with this, I think. Uh, is really imaginative. It's it's clever and it's and it's fun. You know, it's fun. I I think it's you know whereas it is I think it is because Jesus Christ Superstar is kind of a downer in so many ways. It's very belabored. Yeah, yes, and, and going out to the desert. The, the, the desert's a drag, guys. Can we just say <laughs> it? You don't go to the desert for fun. I'm so glad you said it, so I didn't have to. Nomadland. Can we talk about it? <laughs> You're just watching people. Bummer. You're just thinking about how hot everybody is as you're watching it. <laughs> so sweaty. Yeah. And you're scared for them. You're scared they're going to pass out and die. And <laughs> I wasn't so scared we... for anyone. They could go no. into a Macy's if they want to in Ex- Godspell. <laughs> exactly. Get some water. Yeah, there's bathrooms everywhere. <laughs> beautiful City. I was thinking about the, the Cinemax and Beautiful City because Beautiful City was a song he wrote and then added to the show just for the film. It didn't exist oh. before the film adaptation and he's kind of consideration excuse me oscar consideration okay oh that's probably oh, it isn't it oh song. yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah oh my gosh wow yeah God beautiful film. city the shallow the of its day mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then they ended up redoing it i, I believe the la- like beautiful city for some reason is the m- most often reinterpreted song in the musical and Schwartz talked about after the riots in Los Angeles in the early 90s, he, <laughs> uh-oh, are we, wow. are we venturing into a travel area? She, he, no, I'm just like, I'm in awe. I'm, I like, can't wait to cool. see where this goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he made it a hip hop song. I'm just kidding. He, <laughs> oh. he, uh, he rewrote it. So it was like a lot more mournful on the, in the film version. It's very upbeat. And in the post riot version, it's very plaintive and sort of mournful and and more mm-hmm. contemplative and and so it's kind of like the big ballad number now in the I mean I yeah, guess they're all kind of big ballad numbers. Yeah, I will say my favorite song from this for whatever reason is All Good Gifts, which kind of maybe mm. on first listen might be a drag for some people, but yeah. I here's another mystery. I have such a strong memory of watching a performance of just this song, not in Godspell. I've never seen a stage adaptation of Godspell, right. but I saw some review or something in college and there was a little ensemble gathered as you would uh, in some sort of little <laughs> sweet hippie tableau <laughs> on stage. And I remember the feeling that the guy gave me singing the song. I don't remember where I was. I don't remember if this was in Texas. I don't remember what the guy looked like, but I remember what it felt like when he sang All Good Gifts and I don't, I don't know when it was. Maybe I was in high school. Maybe it was in college. I have no idea. But that has stayed with me for whatever reason. That song resonated with me too and watching it because I remember I remembered that the guy in the in the movie's performance um, I tried to look everybody up on IMDb but nobody has pictures yeah. and they never say their names in the movie so yeah, it's like yeah. it's just like no black squares and then a name <laughs> um, but I remember 
the I remember that too, Kevin. The feeling of that song, especially if you if you have faith, is it's it's extremely resonant. It's mm-hmm. extremely resonant, and it, and it's you know the staging in the movie. It's so sweet, and he's you know Victor Garber's sitting on the grass, and they're all in that little pyramid, you know, swaying back and forth, and mm-hmm. and then the guy comes in with the with the solos, and it's just it's it's a, it's such a lovely moment, and it's it is. I mean, the the songs in this movie are unabashedly uh uh of faith you know they're 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 not like they're not euphemistic at all it's like i want to thank you lord you know it's not it's not like a sort of you know like what a wonderful place the world is it's like thank you god (laughs) for giving us all of this (laughs) to that point it was literal enough that like this is one of the few musicals that we did at my christian school like over and over it was i thought it was a christian play yeah (laughs) Like, I thought it was one of those, like, written by, you know, focus on the family plays or whatever. Can you imagine? Um, <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Dobson, I, old Dobby himself, he wishes. He, he wanted to say. Dobby. Little house elf of evangelical <laughs> culture, Dobby. The, the song that kind of made me emotional, it's the second song when um, Jesus sings God Save the People. When will thou save the people? Oh God of mercy, when the people, Lord, the people, not thrones and crowns, but men, flowers of thy heart, oh God, are they? Let them not pass like weeds away, their heritage, a sunless day. God save the people. Shall crime bring crime? Oh, yeah. I love that one so much because I I feel like it's, uh, well, it's kind of socialist in tone, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. it's all about like, God save literally the people, the people that are struggling and not like, not the leaders, not the thrones, not nations, like the yeah. people who need you right now and, and that kind of thing. And I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. And then it also reminded me that God really kind of did the bare minimum with sending Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, man, <laughs> right, he I, sent one guy. I'll give you it one. was the last thing, 2,000 years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. And like, if, if we guys, have needs. <laughs> if you guys can't figure this out, if you guys can't figure this out with this. I'm never trying again. You had I'm, I'm 33 I've years. Had it. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. had it with you guys. Yeah. But like it's, for Jesus to be pleading for God to like help the people, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. That, uh, I mean, the other one, Jesus Christ Superstar calls out is how janky the system is of like, really? This is it? Like yes, you yeah, sent me at the like, time where people couldn't call each other or just like <laughs> try to tell yeah. him at least. Yes. And, and exactly. I'm the savior. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But uh, and after that, radio silence. We're done. <laughs> for now. What else left us on read. How pissed would you be, Caroline, if Jesus came back like right when the pandemic's over? <laughs> it's like now. Yeah, like oh no, I I I have to. I didn't help. even get to see Black in. Widow in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch Wonder Woman on my home TV. God, I renounced my wish. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gracious. Oh my God. Oh boy. So that so that might have been your highlight, your little favorite song. Yeah, that one was really moving for me. I mean, there were a lot that were really pretty. I I really like the the especially like seventies hippie sounding songs. Yeah. I didn't care as much for the Mae West pastiche that was going on (laughs) in the beginning for a while. But like the the ones, yeah, the beautiful city or on the willows or all those ones. Like this is just lovely. And that's a specific just musical theater nerd stuff who cares but schwartz was kind of the guy to first do that in musical theater before then it was an american art form but it was born with a recorder in his hand (laughs) no but it was very it was very formal it was rogers and hammerstein it was bernstein it was very oh that's where the composers do their little arias and symphony Mm -hmm. you know in whatever song form sondheim but he was the first one like uh this is kind of a Joni mitchell song this is kind of a james taylor song this is kind of like going after these genres which now you see all over musical theater and like spring awakening and fun home and more like hamilton yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets higher and higher every time he's on the show. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, by the way, I watched that. I watched that um, Howard documentary on Disney Plus about Howard Ashman, who was the composer behind mm-hmm. Aladdin, The Little Mermaid, oh, yeah. and just oh, was like a huge. beast, little shop of horse. He he died yeah. so young of AIDS, but I would love to see something like. A grander, maybe like a mini series linking all the yeah. the Disney musical composers because then kind of Mankin takes up his thing, and then Schwartz is brought in for Pocahontas and Hunchback of Notre Dame, and then mm. Lin Manuel is doing a lot of this stuff now with Moana and Mary Poppins Returns. Like it's such an interesting, it's such a gift. Like what those guys do, and women talking about. Uh, Thank you. Lopez. You pointed <laughs> <There's>... at me. <laughs> no, I pointed at both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking after listening to this, I was like, man, if you were if you studied music or composition, like writing musicals would be the best job. Like that's the job everyone should go for. It just sounds it's fun. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun. Well, anything else we need to talk about before we roast or toast this thing? Anything we didn't get to? Anything on our little hearts? I will say that the song for me this time was uh, my, my second viewing, 40 years apart. Um, <laughs> this time. This time. Um, was, uh, Look for uh, some good Instagram stories when Paul's 92 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Oh, you weren't posting about this today. You I did. Like, I threw a couple of posts up yeah. there. Yeah, because they all, at the beginning, they all get in the fountain to be baptized. And it's like friends. Oh, it's like friends. It's friends. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> Uh, but then my wife pointed out, well, well, Fellini invented it. Um, there's some fountain scene. I don't know. She look. She watched foreign films. I'm, I'm a man of the people. Okay, listen. Um, Janie's a Criterion Channel. Paul's a Disney Plus. Man of it's what makes the marriage work. That's right. I'm just trying. I'm just um, Was uh, uh, Oh Bless the Lord with uh, Lynn Thigpen, who's passed away. Like knowing that she she is that she has died, and just watching someone at the height of their vibrancy mm-hmm. sing this song, and it's an extremely like 
it shifts tempos and everyone's in it and it's fun and it's joyous. And that really struck me this time. It really, really struck Mm, me. Yeah. She's at the top of her game. That was one where I was like, oh, I am paying attention right now. Like, this is, this is great. (laughs) Yeah. I gotta say, I, I, I watched this like it. I was not on my phone. Like I watched this like it had subtitles. Like I, I was fully best enraptured. Reveal. There's the best watching review this. in 2021. Like yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I was not on my phone. Truly, yeah. yeah. I couldn't. I like. I I picked up my phone at one point. And I was like, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to tear my eyes away from this. I I want to thank you for having me on the show because it was such a. It was an absolute joy to watch this movie, and it's been so much fun talking with you guys about okay, it. That is usually not the review we get for the movies that we cover. <laughs> right. Usually, uh, uh, having someone on the show as a guest is a friendship ender. Uh, it doesn't usually strengthen any bond or have any reciprocity. It's usually I'm mad at you, but thankfully that's not the case here. Spike in crime in their neighborhood. A lot of stuff goes wrong. Uh, it's time to wrap it up. We got to give it a roaster toast. The way this works, Paul, is we give it a roast or a toast, a holy toast. That is a thumbs up. That's when we look at Godspell and Victor Garber, Mork Christ himself, and we say, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. or holy roast. That's a thumbs down. We send it to hell. No, we say, no, 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 no. We say no, 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 no. Or if we're not sure, we send it to, pur- to purgatory. The space <laughs> and we'll start with Caroline. Oh, I'm going to give it a toast. I I was way more like not into this and then hearing you guys talk about it. It's good. And like it is, it's, it's good when things are just beautiful sometimes and like life affirming and, you know, clowns are good and helpful for understanding everything. Representation Um, matters. I too clown for Christ and I will stand with them. Um, But yeah, and there's beautiful, beautiful songs, really meaningful stuff in here too. And so total toast. Soundtrack is available. It's a great soundtrack. There's, there's the original uh, cast recording and then there's the movie recording. recording as well in case oh, you're interested the there's a bunch there's the 2001 there's the 2011 where you can hear hunter parish in the in a lead role okay. i know there's one in which corbin blue plays jesus uh, i don't know if who, the sound who is that from oh, high a young musical? gentleman from high school musical yeah. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> we turn to paul i think you know where i'm going and i have to give this oh, a full on toast yeah. hey <laughs> i oh, i love this like I don't know if I'll watch the movie again, but I will listen to the the soundtrack again for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I but I I had such a wonderful experience watching this movie. I think it's great. I think I think it, people should check it out. Knowing like it is not the same as Jesus Christ Superstar. It's definitely a different. It's a definitely different style in the same uh, of the same um, uh, subject matter. Um, but it's it's worth seeing for sure. Absolutely, toast. Three-way toast, unanimous from the GCF podcast this week. This thing, it was it was a little bit in my soul, too, with that all good gifts. And even day by day, that's somewhere in the DNA as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to A-B comparison the different cast singing different versions because it is radically... The 2011 does <laughs> some experimental stuff that's kind of fun. But Uzo Aduba is great. The rest of the cast is great on that one, too. So, so check it out for yourself. Hey, sometimes Christianity is fun and good, and we should all do it. <laughs> and that's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> That's but right. <laughs> we're not the final word. Go to at Christian Fun Pod and roast or toast it yourself. Get out there and Pokemon go to the polls. We did it. 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 We
finally did it, Joe. Oh, there we go. Thanks, Kamala. Oh, I miss Joe. I'm so glad that Kamala took a break from <laughs> <I> walking. Miss- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the, what does what she say? He was a good man. <laughs> I miss him. I miss Joe. Mm, R.I.P. Joe. Oh, at the uh, funeral in a couple of months, uh, years, yeah, uh, decades. Yeah. We'll see. No. <laughs> well, if he doesn't get those freaking dogs under control, we're being too topical. We're being too topical. This doesn't come out for weeks. He could already be dead. I will say, Joe, President Joe Biden did announce today that he is requiring all states to mandate that um, all adults will be eligible for vaccination by May 1st. So, quote, people can have small gatherings in time for Black Widow to come out in theaters. And he, he specifically mentioned Black Widow. He, he gave a shout to Scar Johansson, and he said, and stay tuned for that post credit stinger. It's going to be a doozy. So I guess he's seen it, which is cool. Also, what's up with Florence Pugh and Zach Braff? You know, what's like, that? I don't get it. That's the thing. Three out of the last four uh, presidents have podcasts now. So when it, when is it time for a sitting present to have a podcast and just kind of go off on like just yeah. talk with his friends and kind of hang out yeah. and just like talk about <laughs> pop culture and stuff wouldn't that be fun hey we don't edit Space. this talk <laughs> it goes out we talk and it's called biden my time and it's like well i've been biding my time there that's we how he signs there off it is. There, so there it is all right we're dimming the lights we're lighting the candles now we're taking it to a more worshipful space as we can hear with those synthesizers and paul we're not here to plug our projects or promote ourselves or our social media we're here to lift them up yes. as a humble and loving sacrifice to the lord including yes. maybe lift up something that we're enjoying in popular culture a la recommendation from the we'll stay at homekins podcast not the absolute. pod at <laughs> uh talk about uh, all good gifts um my gift to all of you mm-hmm. is of course the stay of homekins podcast that's my wife and i uh, doing a quarantine podcast coming up on a year oops oh a, a wonderful it. show it is so good i, t- yes. I tune Thank in you. every week yeah. it's a nice rhythm even though i got the title wrong at the top of the show i that, do inwardly look. i am always saying y'all <laughs> all the time <laughs> my my special talent is coming up with podcast titles that are impossible for people to remember <laughs> The pot F poof doof. What's it called? Pot F poof doof. <laughs> um, and you know what I'm going to recommend? Uh, uh, of course, Freedom with Lauren Lapkus and Scott Ackerman. But I'm also going to recommend the Pot F Tomcast because I'm still paying money to have it up online. So go check that out. It's only, I think, 24 episodes or something. Um, it is pure gold. It is thank you. still, and I said this to Paul beforehand, but I still return to it all the time because it is just so delightful. That so. makes me very happy, and I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you, so Carolyn. Nice. It's very humbling. I know. Um, it's like also- Cop Rock. It was, it was too short-lived. But it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I had to go look up that clip of uh, Carl right, yeah. um, <laughs> in Cop Rock, Carl Anderson in Cop Rock, and it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to recommend a TV. Sh- the first thing that comes. Oh, I'm going to recommend a TV show called Resident Alien um, that I have nothing to do with, but is a great show. Oh, um, yeah. I have I have a couple friends that uh, that are on it, but I have more more people on the show who are not friends of mine, and I still enjoy it. Um, but it's <laughs> it's a terrific show starring Alan Tudyk as an alien impersonating a human being. Um, and it's uh, it's extremely funny, and Alan Tudyk is giving like it's one of those 
performance of a lifetime performances. Like it's such a great role for him, and he's clearly having a great time doing it, and he's hilarious on this show. Yes. So I would say check that out. That's what yeah. I, that is my my lifting up of for this episode. Our pal Alice is on that show. Alice Wetterland. Alice Wetterland. She's on that show. Oh my, my god. My pal Mandel Mon is also on that show. Oh, see, isn't it nice? You know what? And that that's what listening to pods is like now, where it's like I'm just checking in on my pals. I just want to know what they're up to. Yes, we don't have to see each other or even talk to each other. We good. just have to listen and look at each other. That's all friendship <laughs> needs to be. Uh, thanks, Paul. We turn to Caroline. Caroline. Uh, you can uh, lift, you know, do your holy sacrament at Caroline's Farts. On oh, the sounds disgusting. <laughs> do your holy sacrament. <laughs> do it. You know. <laughs> TV. Um, I want to lift up a very funny show on HBO Max called Miracle Workers. Steve Buscemi is in it. Uh, in the first season, he plays God, and it's kind of about uh, like the bureaucracy of heaven running Earth. And in the second season, they just scrap all of that, and it's just set in medieval times. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's oh, fun. And um, Daniel Radcliffe is in it as well. It's just it's so funny. It, it really makes me LOL, and I, I hope you all get some joy from Cosine, it. Cosine, that is a great show. Uh, the seasons are short. You can like binge them like nobody's business. They're yes. great. And uh, look out for a certain... Yeah, uh, I think a certain, certain someone's going to be on it. Season three. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Paul at work, she plugged it effortlessly, even though, yeah, we had to interrupt. Okay, we cut this part out, right? I knew what you were doing. Okay. Yeah, of course. Right, I don't thanks, watch Caroline. the show. Uh, you live me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. Especially on Letterboxd. Paul, you would have so much fun on Letterboxd. Wouldn't that oh, be Would I? <laughs> yeah. You'd turn the comments off. It's fine. I feel like Letterboxd is something I would enjoy reading more than I would enjoy participating in. Because every sure. time I see, every time somebody posts one of their, somebody that I know posts one of their reviews somewhere else, I'm like, this is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, fun. I might just lurk. Maybe I'll just lurk on Letterboxd. Yeah. You might be how I am on TikTok, where it's like, I'm here to lurk, not here to play. Uh, I I got it. Yeah, for anyone who's following alert, me on TikTok, you, Sorry. you get off. You're, nothing's <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs> I'm gonna my my little lift up this week will be a podcast. It's a two part episode of a podcast called Dakota Ring, uh, hosted by Willa Paskin from I believe uh, Slate, and it's a two parter they did about Jane Fonda's workout videos that came out Ooh. in the 1980s. Super interesting. Gives a bird's eye view. Uh, talks about her complicated partnership with the woman who kind of came up with the workout to begin with, and they get into it, and they interview both of them. And it's Jane it's, Fonda was not the author of the workout, not Wait. the author and perfecter. <laughs> no, there was another woman Whoa. involved, uh, and I'm giving her that. credit a lot by not even mentioning her name right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jane Fonda, who oh, by your your old improv teammate, Jane Fonda, Paul. That's uh, right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I just remember that. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Were you fine. at that show? Yes, yes, I was. Oh. Yes, Paul. Paul did improv with Jane Fonda. And big turning, big turning wow. point in my life. Big she was game. Point in my life. Yeah, yeah. She, she was so game. Yeah. Oh, she was. She was the first one off the wall. Like they started a scene, and she was Dang. the first one off the wall. And in the, uh, I don't. We don't have time for a story. No, no, no. Yes, no. We, we have a time for a Jane Fonda story. Hold on. She, <laughs> I, it, this stuck with this stuck with me forever because I had not done a, a bunch of improv at that time. Um, uh, just ma- mainly podcasts and stuff. But she was back, so we were backstage, and it's like it's surreal. You know, you're backstage with Jane Fonda, and I'm not uh, like studiously avoiding talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And somebody and somebody came in. It might have been Ben Schwartz came in and said, "How are you? How are you feeling?" And she said, "Oh, I'm terrified. Um, I've never done this, you know." Oh my gosh. And then when it, when the show started, 
and like I think Matt Walsh like put down a chair and she was the first one to like jump into a scene top of the oh show gosh. and I was like that is something to aspire to that's that's what you got to do is like you got to always be challenging yourself and and trying things that scare you like I loved I, I that it had a huge impact on me I've yeah. never forgotten it. I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot. Yeah. For Jane Fonda jumping off that wall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. After saying she was terrified backstage. Yeah. For an icon who has literally all the laurels in the world to rest on in her in her seventies, yeah. who has like nothing left to prove and like who cares, yes. right? To be like, yes. Yeah, this I'm I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna do this is so She's cool. She's an extremely accomplished old person yes. who absolutely <laughs> did not need to be at UCB Franklin <laughs> at fucking, you know, ten at night or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Man, so late. That Schwartz so magic. Whatever he says yeah. to those people, it works. He's a Svengali. He puts them <laughs> under his so. Schwartz spell. As the Schwartz spell. Oh, prepare you the way of the yes and. Oh, no, we can't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Instead of amen. Cut that out. <laughs> and all Pod's people said yes and. No. <laughs> uh, lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Good Christian Fun or patreon.com slash good Christian Fun for more good Christian Fun. Leave us a review on our Apple Podcast. We donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity is the house. Go fund me. Paul, buddy, what a fun time. You stuck in with us for a long time. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. Thanks yes. for a conversation full of empathy and joy in life. And we are so happy to see you here. Thank you for having me. It was a blast, you guys. I really appreciate it. Hey, and there's nothing left to say except for an all pods people said. Amen. <laughs> Paul, what is the song from Godspell you'd like us to go out on if you had your wish? Uh, you know, give hook the people with a little uh, all for the best. All for the best. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm I'm maxing out Geppetto right now. (laughs) 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 Making sure we don't get any more of that, but y'all can listen to that. Get right in the meat of it. You gotta grab them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and we'll see you next week on the podcast. Goodbye. And pod bless you. Caroline, before we log off, let's pray for Paul. That's what? Let's pray for Paul. Oh, yeah. We can we can do a side. We can do an unspoken. The stuff he said tonight. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's, it's fine, but come on. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast. <laughs>